For so many modern-driven women, life is about being more than one thing. We're multidimensional, and so are our conversations. We carry multiple identities. We can be both mother and artist, both attorney and entrepreneur, both clinician and CEO, both humble and proud. Life for women like us is about both, about all of the above. It's about the and. Our stories are the stories of so many of you. We wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present with our families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. And we wanted to establish financial security for ourselves and our children. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other smart, conscious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And you're listening to the And She Spoke podcast. In our business, we're big fans of financial literacy and accountability. Knowing your numbers is an essential aspect of building a successful business and an inherent responsibility for any entrepreneur. We also believe that what you focus on grows. So pay attention to your money. How do we stay up to speed on our numbers? We use Bench for our bookkeeping. It's simple, elegant, and saves us so many hours that would otherwise be spent neck deep in receipts on the other side of a spreadsheet. Each month, our transactions are automatically imported into Bench and we get on-demand financial reports. We even enjoy opening up our profit and loss statement to review each month. And when tax time comes around, we are up to date and ready to go. And this is what financial empowerment feels like. Head on over to anshe.co slash bench to save 20% off your Bench accounting plan for the first six months. Welcome to the Angie Spoke Podcast. On today's show, we welcome Claudia Chan. Claudia is a recognized author, leadership and culture change expert, and entrepreneur dedicated to activating individuals and organizations to create more equitable and thriving workplaces. She is the author of This Is How We Rise and the creator of the award-winning conference and leadership education platform, She. Let me tell you, at this point in history, Claudia's message is an important one, and we need more Claudias in the world. She believes that everyone can be a leader by offering a new definition that is holistic, inclusive, and purpose-driven. She gets people to lead with a me-for-we mindset and urges all of us to discover our great life meaning and fulfillment. This was a delightful and hopeful conversation. Please welcome Claudia Chan. Hello, Claudia. Welcome to the Anchi Spoke Podcast. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Yeah, there's. Um, it's an interesting time in the world right now. So I think we had a set of questions prepared for you, and then now it's like eh, slightly changed. But can we start with your story for those of our listeners who are not familiar with you? Do you want to just give us a little background? Who you are? What you do? Sure. So today I run a leadership organization called She Global. And really it's about inspiring and educating a new generation leaders to step into their potential as leaders and redefining what leadership means for them 
and really embody a new definition that is that leadership is purpose driven. It means leading change for issues you care about. Leadership is uh, needs to be inclusive, not exclusive. Um, leadership anybody can lead. You don't have to have a fancy title to lead. And and leadership also needs to be whole life oriented and a whole life integrated. And we need to treat our whole lives as the integration we're leading. So it's really a leadership organization. And we we focus a lot on professionals in the global workplace. Our core platform has been a conference, She Summit. And that started um, eight years ago in 2012. And from that, I also wrote my book, This Is How We Rise, Reach Your Highest Potential, Lead Change in the World. That That book came out two years ago. And from there, we've also been doing a lot of leadership trainings and courses. So it's really conferences, courses, trainings, in this new definition of leadership. And we really need a more feminine traits, gender balanced definition of leadership. If you think about leadership, it is so many people, and I know many of your, you know, your audiences in the yoga and the fitness and wellness community. And you know, the average person has never really been taught that leadership applies to them, right? We typically have perceptions of who we think leaders are. So a lot of it is is giving, helping people get to that definition so that they can really unleash their potential and their power for our humanity. Yeah, because I think you say that you don't need to be like the owner or C-suite level to be a leader. Yeah. So, you know, leadership really means leading from where you are. And I define leadership as moving something from here to there. That is win-win. That that benefits that where you can realize your potential to affect change for yourself, but also that impacts others in a positive way. So really a high school student, you know, you know, my, my toddler could share, could show signs of leadership, right? We should be teaching leadership and, and really our world, our business structures, our institutions, our government, everything was really designed and, and defined by men. Like our, our, we've been so indoctrinated in terms of like, this is what success means. This is what leadership looks like. And it really wasn't designed for everybody in humanity. Like leadership was not, that definition was never designed to be accessible. So, but the problem is that when we don't associate ourselves with leadership and we don't teach that and, and, and our sons and daughters, then we, we really leave our impact and our potential on the table. Yeah. I'm so interested to hear more about how that might be changed or rectified in our culture. I was the kind of student and young person that took leadership as a class and ran for student government. And so I've always felt innate sense of leadership is important and we can all be leaders. And then I see others who haven't embraced that in themselves. And I'm just wondering how I don't have any memory personally of why I decided that I could be a leader versus my peers and my friends who didn't choose to take on that identity. So do you have any recommendations for how we show young people that this is an option available to them? It's really a choice rather than a talent or some innate skill. Yeah, I think it's so much of it is, you know, in our language and in our communication and in what we're mentoring and what we're role modeling. I think even right now, just with our country and our world, the cultural crisis that we are in right now with racial justice, right? And is just a perfect example of how we can be teaching and modeling and having conversation around, you know, this is what personal agency looks like. And these are the values that we should be standing for, what is right, what is wrong. And, you know, teaching that by making choices and, and, and making decisions in our life and, and, and our belief systems, that that is leadership right? So, so much of it is just, you know, we need to do the work. 
we need to do the learning, the self-learning, the, the personal growth, the, the personal leadership development work, which is really learning and reading and listening and, and going deeper into so many resources that we have out there that's available to us and actually so that we can actually fulfill ourselves up with knowledge so that we can also teach that and actually make a proactive decision on, on how we want to show up and what values and what we want to represent. So it's a very, you know, I think more than ever right now, you know, what's happening in the world is teaching us that that's where we should, we should steer our aggression. I just did a whole video series on this. It's like be aggressive in it, your internal growth. Yeah, we just listened to that. So dive into oh, it. Like, tell us, tell <laughs> us, like, tell the audience, why are you saying that we need to be really aggressive with our, in, with our internal growth? I love the phrase. I love the strength yeah. of what you're saying. Well, I, in my book, I talk about how, you know, our, our world is not operating at its potential because our human beings are not. And if you think about the way that we're raised when we come into this world, we're very much, you know, even as babies, it's all about me, myself, and I. Like, me, you know, like, like we're, we're just naturally human, we're humans, human beings, right? And, and the natural tendency is to really be self-centered and self-focused and to have a me over we mindset. And I think especially when you look at America, which is, you know, such a melting pot of different cultures and people that have survived famines and wars and holocausts and, you know, and other pandemics, you know, to, to actually, you know, be living in the first world in the privilege that we are today, it has, you know, many ways, it has been about survival, right? So it's very much, I think our, our time is very, our generation, it's, it can be very focused, especially, you know, the, the older generations of baby boomers and Gen Xers, which I am, less the millennials and the Gen Zers, but, you know, this me, it's, it's easy to have a me by default, me over we mindset instead of a me for we mindset. And so I talk about that really our life, if we get to live until we're 80, 90 years old, and I'm 45, so if you do the math, how much time, you know, I have 35 years left of my life if I get to live to 80, right? But the purpose of life and stepping out of the day-to-day and looking at, you know, my schedule is less about what I get done and more about who I become and that there's 7.8 billion people on this planet and there's just one of me and that like to live to my truest, highest expression of who I'm meant to become and what my purpose here is on this planet, it's not to, to receive and take from humanity, right? It's actually to contribute. It's actually through a me for we. Yes, I am taking and learning and receiving all these experiences, but it's to contribute what God has created me to be here to contribute. And so, you know, it's really, we've had it all wrong. You know, we need to, so leadership stepping into our leadership is is really leading for like for our purpose and like what are we here to impact you know what what, what can we impact and and so um, in order to get to that to maximize that impact we need to develop our we need leadership development we need to develop and grow as leaders because whether we're working in an organization our vocation whether we run a business you know, you're going to be engaging other people, how you show up, how you lead, how you co-collaborate, how you manage others, that requires leadership development. But then in order to really optimize leadership development, you need personal growth. Like we all have stuff that we need healing around. We all have stuff that's very subconscious. We all have, you know, what I say, like our traumas, our PTSDs. So this is going pretty deep. And only because I know that you have a big well-being community, can I go this deep in the spiritual 
So, um, and that actually, by the way, you know, at She Summit and with my curriculum, my whole life leadership curriculum, it really is teaching and helping people and professionals set a foundation for their leadership that aligns with three core things, which is purpose, inclusion, and well-being. And so it really, so that is what I teach is at the intersection, the curriculum I teach is at the intersection of purpose, whole life purpose, inclusion, and well-being, because we're not going to fulfill our highest potential or impact without realizing the purpose piece. And then we also need our behaviors and how we show up needs to be inclusive. And we also need to make sure that we're healthy and thriving in the process of that leadership. So Claudia, how do, how do we balance those three things? Cause I see a lot of myself in one of those categories and not in the other two and, and, and vice versa. I see a lot of people, especially in our industry where we work focus so heavily on the well-being and maybe not on the others and so how how does an individual find a way to account for all of those elements in their life and how do they balance them well i mean just as you have you know a strategy for the way you teach a yoga class or i guess your fitness studio or the, the business that you're operating or any if you're in marketing your marketing plan just as as you have a strategic plan for anything you need to have that strategic plan for your life, right? And I think it, again, back to, you know, like if you just step out of yourself, I, I talk a lot about there's the inside out perspective of looking at your life where you're in the weeds of like, okay, what am I doing day to day versus the outside in versus like if I was, again, like God or the universe or my father who's in heaven, like looking at me, you know, and the outside in of like, who am I meant to become? And what is, what is the plan? What is the holistic strategy of Claudia Chan's life and what she is. She's a vehicle. She's a vessel to make impact while she's here. And she has a purpose while she's here on this planet. And so what is the strategy of that whole life being? And so that's why um, I created a curriculum. Uh, you know, it's, it's called, it's, it's the How We Rise Whole Life Leadership Curriculum. And so that's a body of work that teaches that. I think that in order for, yeah, it's finding you know, it, it's doing the work back to it's doing the learning and it's working on ourselves. I mean, we're always growing in a reactionary way. If you think about it, like life happens to us. And I don't think there's ever a period of time where we stop learning and growing because, you know, I would say like once you're past one battle, the next one awaits, right? Like you just never get to this point of like, finally, like the if then thing, you know, like, oh, if, if and when this happens, then I'm going to feel, then this is going to be better, right? Like we're always growing and God set up the world that way. So, but I think that, you know, having a, you know, really stepping back and looking at what are the things that matter, like what are the core values and making sure that purpose, inclusion, and well-being are a part of that, a part of your value system. And then at the same time, you know, developing, making sure that the actions that you are taking and the choices that you are making are aligned with those values. So that's just at a high level, something simple that people could start doing. And, and for many of you, you might, you know, not have clarity on your purpose, right? You might not have clarity on, you know, what inclusion means or, you know, your definition of well-being. So yeah, there's like, it's going to mean something different for everybody else. My curriculum has a specific methodology to it, but yeah, that's just, that's just a good place to start. No, I think that's great. I think that it's, an exercise I did in the last year is like, what are my priorities? And I had a really hard time answering it at first. And I thought, this is ridiculous. If I get up every day and I am not clear 
on what my priorities are in my life at this time. It's very problematic, right? And it's a very reactionary way to live and like the world's happening to me and there's no like living on purpose. So I love those three sort of elements to try to take a look at and like, what are you actually doing? How is this in your life? How do you feel about that? What are the actions you're going to take? Tell us more about, well, I actually want to know about right now, what is the last kind of few weeks been for you? How have you been feeling and dealing with everything? Yeah, with COVID-19 hitting and obviously now everything since the George Floyd event has really now, you know, just just been a cultural awakening from, I call this, we're having the Me Too movement for racism in the world right now. And obviously there's the positives that are coming out of it. But yeah, I think it's... um in the most recent weeks around the racial issues, it's really been stepping back and listening and learning and and reading and absorbing and just really learning as much as I possibly can. Because I'm also a leader. I run a leadership organization that drives diversity, equity, and inclusion and social impact. And by the way, the She and She Global She Summit stands for Advancing She, He, and Equity for All. So to me, it's really about you know, how do we, how do we teach people, right, to be leaders, to advance she, he, and equity and all, equity for all. So for me, as somebody who is leading an organization and a thought leader in this space, and I'm not black, and, but I am a woman of color, and I want to just, I've just been in a posture of listening, learning, my heart and, and head have been really, really heavy. I think it's also, I think that's one piece of it is just to like, just being in that organic as opposed to muscular posture of just like softening and learning and allowing myself to be emotional and not know. Um, Second, I would say is flexibility because we had a plan in our business to announce and launch new things. And we've put a pause and like, like everything that keeps on happening externally is throwing our internal plans, you know, is thwarting our internal plans. But again, it's also, I, I've been also teaching in our, my How We Rise messages that we have to look at overwhelm and messiness as periods for innovation. Like this is a innovation, like 2020 is the biggest innovation period that is happening for every person out there, right? Everything that we have known to be safe and secure, you know, is, is, upside down and all of our, our, you know, our boundary and our coping mechanisms, you know, seeing your girlfriends, you know, going out, getting a massage, whatever, going to a yoga studio, right? Like all those coping mechanisms have been dismantled. School, like I have two toddlers, right? Like school systems. And yet like stress levels are really, really high. So, you know, I think just honoring, you know, just like that, okay, this is, and I say everything happens for you, not to you, is just looking at this, allowing yourself the flexibility. Okay. So what is, what is the universe and what is God? Like what is clearly this is, things are meant to change right now, right? So yeah, just keep on reframing around everything and just giving yourself the space and the time. I think as women, we, you know, we control and we need to manage it and we need to, you know, like there is something, the productivity, the obsession with productivity is so connected to our worth. And so living more in that, you know, maybe, maybe your audience is less so because they do the work. Although some of my some of my well, wellness friends are some of the most hardcore people that I know and are the most controlling people that I know. So yeah, so I just think that this is, that's, that's what the few months, the last few weeks, few months have been like for me. 
Yeah. Isn't it interesting? I love, I, I can't wait for like 2025. And then we look back at this year in hindsight and go, what What the hell just happened? Like, it's so interesting that there's just these layer after layer after layer. And it's not just America, it's like the world, right? Like when in history has the entire world been involved with something like a pandemic before? I mean, I know it's happened before, but it's like, it's fascinating to watch everyone kind of come together and try to figure this out. And then, you know, for you in America, like the layer of all the politics and then this like, and then the, the, the Black Lives Matter is not just America again, it's the whole world, but it's horrible, but fascinating as a culture and a society to see how we're going to come out of this. I think with every, you know, with every obstacle and every crisis comes, comes the opportunity and it to set you know, I think of it as like a bomb just being thrown onto the world. And yes, there is the ramifications and the, the horrible, tragic events that come out of that. Um, when we look at how many people have been sick or have been have we've lives we've lost through COVID and the coronavirus. But at the same time, it is what are we going to do with it? And I do believe that you know, the way that we were living clearly was not sustainable. And I think everybody's realizing, you know, back to the basics of just, I mean, even just what this period has taught people around, you know, the simplicities of really what matters, you know, like what really matters, what you, yeah. And the, instead of like the outsourcing and the spending of so much versus insourcing and using what you have to, you know, like how easy it is just to FaceTime, you know, like I was, I was saying, you know, even when I look back at my wedding, I probably don't stay in touch with 80% of who came to my wedding and they were like my best friends, you know, and, and, and like, maybe it's been like two years, like one to two years since I've spoken to some of my best friends that I truly love, but like, it's so simple to just schedule time and have human, you know, relationships are what matter the most. People matter the most. We forget that. And so, you know, just the simplicity of what COVID-19, I think, is forcing people like family dinners, cooking and having a meal together. So I think there's so much to be grateful for, for those of us that are in the positions of privilege to actually not just, yes, be grateful for it, but, but those with the privilege have the most work to do in many ways. Like we are, we're like, you know, that privilege is given to you for a reason, um, and how are you, how can you serve and how can you help those that are less fortunate, marginalized? I mean, we're seeing too that the people that have suffered the most, right, from this global pandemic have been, you know, those that are people of color and marginalized communities and the inequities that really still exist, the, the poverty that exists and the racism and the social justice issues that exist in our, in our system and at the core of our education system, at the core of our business systems at the core of our government systems and our community systems, our police systems. So there's just a lot of work that we all can do like that leadership of what can you do? Um, where can you lead change? What is your vocation? How, how can you serve there? This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is an easy-to-use platform that helps you build and sell your own courses, memberships, and live-streamed programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. Unlike other startups, Namastream was created by women for women. If you're looking for a simple, streamlined way to build and grow an online business, you can learn more at namastream.com. So, Claudia, you have a background 
as an entrepreneur and obviously you're entrepreneurial in all of the work you're doing now, um, I would love to go back and because our audience is primarily um, entrepreneurial as well and those who've created businesses, which is not an easy thing to do, especially as women. What are the biggest lessons you learned from sort of starting out in that space? I know there's a whole story behind you leaving your first venture, um, but what what lessons would you like to share for those who are like, there's tremendous work to do as an entrepreneur from a, a personal growth standpoint to be able to do this and function in this space, but also there's a huge opportunity for leadership there. Um, what would, what message do you have? What, what advice do you have for those that are sort of just starting out in the space? Gosh, when I, that, and there's so much, uh, that, that it's a broad question in the sense that, you know, there are, there's obviously the, you know, how do you launch versus sustainability? But I guess what's calling out to me is, is that as an entrepreneur, it, it really is your, uh, your, your baby, right? It's a baby. It was my first baby. I've had three businesses. This she, she Global is actually my third business. And really she global, I mean, having a business, being an entrepreneur has always been my first baby. And, you know, I look at my toddler and I look at my, my kids and on the work to this day at 45 years old, having been an entrepreneur, I've been an entrepreneur for 20, 20 years. So I really started my first business when I was like 24, 25. And so I, I've only ever had a job, like a, like a job at a company. Um, I had two jobs at a company starting out and then I just started my own business. And so I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. And so I think that's the first thing to recognize is it's a choice of, you know, realizing like, how do I want to take care of my baby? Like, what's the relationship that I want to have with my baby? And there's, there's some where it's like, okay, I'm going to really build a system around this where I'm going to have a leadership team and, or I'm going to have people that can help manage it well, so that I can not have a newborn and have an infant and be in like fourth trimester for my, the rest of my life in running this business versus, you know, versus being, being in fourth trimester for the rest of your life. And I think in hindsight, like if I was talking to my younger self, I would have taught myself to build infrastructure earlier, right? Scalability and delegation, become a better delegator. I think that, you know, there's a difference between oftentimes when you think, oh, I'm going to just start my own business and, and, and this is what I'm really good at. So I'm going to sell what I'm really good at. But there's a difference between selling that product or service that you're really good at versus operating an infrastructure, you know, which is your, you know, your PNL, your, your operations, your admin, your infrastructure, your taxes, your, you know, like if you have a physical location, right, there's all the, the operational administrative people management as you grow, like there's all of that operational versus like actually being the, being like selling your genius, right? So, or like great massages or, you know, beauty products or what have you. So, I think that that is like being really thoughtful about that. Like as you look back at, you know, or you look forward, you know, whether you're 25, 35, 55, you know, how, what kind of relationship do you want to have with your business? Right. And like try to separate, get yourself out of the weeds for a second and just be like, like what kind of lifestyle do you want to have so that you can set things up in a way? And like, what do you, I think starting with the process of also, you know, like first getting clarity on and I'm going to come back to this piece about like, you know, job descriptions, but like in the first thing is like, okay, what is the impact, like the mission of 
you know, what I want my business to do. Like, like how do I want to help the customer? Like what customers do I want to help and how do I want to help and serve them? And then once you have clarity on that, it's like, okay, this is, this is the business model in which we're going to execute that. But then it's, what do I want my, as the founder, write down your ideal job description. You know, what is like, what do you love to do that can bring out your genius so you can be operating in your zone of genius and then who are the one to, you know, what are the other roles, probably the, like that COO, or maybe you're the operational person and you need more creative people, but whatever it is, like that immediate leadership team, and it could be an admin, right? An executive, like an assistant, if you don't have the resources yet, but you know, how can you start really putting yourself in a posture where you're doing what you love and you're outsourcing and you've got collaborators who can do the stuff that you don't love? I think that that is probably the most important piece um, and setting that up, you know, I think good people are really also very, very hard to find and don't underestimate your talent. Like your organization will only go as far as your people. And so um, I know it's, it's, you can feel financially tight and, you know, you want to, you know, like, it's like you want to, you want cheap, you know, get cheap on things and I get it. But if you can build, if you can, whoever those critical people are on your team that can do the piece that you don't enjoy doing that are those critical pieces you know, try to really, you know, give them, really get them vested in your organization and have them train, you know, those other people. Because like that is, you know, I would say like, it's oftentimes like for me, it's like every five years or something, I always lose that right-hand person, you know, because like they're ready for the next thing in their life. And so as much as the longevity of those people, I feel are, are, are so, are so critical. And at the same time, sometimes you do need fresh blood, right? So, but those are just some of the immediate things that come to mind. I get that fourth trimester situation. Yeah, that's a great Spent way to describe years it. years in that, in that space. And that is a tough place to be for years and years and, and years. And many people don't know, like you're never really taught entrepreneurship, right? It's, yeah, that's it's, great. Um, typically, there is no education really out there. I mean, I know there's like, you know, like, like MBAs or entrepreneurial programs, but, you know, I think it is learning from other, yeah, talking to other business owners and getting that mentorship. And women also have a really hard time asking for help. I mean, that's the other problem too, right? So um, I would say that mentorship, like, are there one, two, three people that have done what you've done and, and just go to conferences or read the books or listen to the podcast or just whatever you can learn. And again, putting that posture of learning to, so you can have that mentorship and that role modeling and, and, and take discern and take what you want to take, but at least you're getting mentorship and advice, like business advice. And I think being a really good filter of what advice, like what your gut tells you to hold on to versus, okay, that's not for me. That's also, I think a huge, what makes a great entrepreneur and great business person. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I totally think so. I occasionally have conversation with conversations with other female founders just starting software companies because there's just really not very many of us still. And um, I was talking to one a few weeks ago and I, I gave her this advice just like intuitively. She was talking about investors and, and I was like, if you are getting that feeling in your belly that something is off with that person, you don't take that deal because you don't take that money because that's a relationship that is complicated and it's going to last a long time. She's like, wow, I really can listen to that. I'm like, yes, you have to listen to that. And so I think that that's, um, it's helpful for me to hear you say that, like for me coming in from the wellness space, I'm like, yes, listen to your intuition. It's so natural, but, um, I think it's really true. Yeah. And just to really emphasize that even more. And for me, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm actually a Christian. And so, um, God is a real powerful God is like my, is my source for everything. So, 
but again, whether or not whatever spirit or non-spiritual you are, or for those of you who are spiritual, is what is in that gut, what is in that heart and that soul, and that intuition, like that is God, like that is the universe, like that is your highest, highest wisdom. Is it's it's in you. It's actually not out there. And and it really the universe, the wisdom, it's that inner wisdom, that inner guide that we really do need to like it's our it's our biggest teacher. But hard to follow because you don't you that's not the like in if you study business books or what people like nobody talks about it and it's so obviously male dominated and it's they don't how many of those business books were written by men. <laughs> right. And so you're just like, I don't I'm not supposed to do that. Nope, this is not how you like in Jenny's example, like she just never heard that that's possible, right? And that's just not listening to that inner voice and having confidence in ourselves that we can make that decision based on something internally driven, right? It's just it's that's fascinating well, and to I me. Think, again, I think that that's another back to like you know, when we began this conversation around the way that our society and you know, as the culture of education and the culture of business and how to be successful and, you know, growing a business, it's, it really has been defined by majority men. And it is, we've been living in a very masculine system uh, where the spirit and soul and um, that like having, like having spirituality as a guide and, you know, our, our inner, that inner guide is, um, has really been out of the traditional you know, curriculums. Well, so if we listen to our inner guide, the power may no longer stay with the white man, right? Like that's, yeah. that's the message. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's powerful. What mistakes have you made? What's the what's the do you have one like really big mistake in business that you made? Looking back? I mean, looking back at everything, I think, when I look at the events or the milestones that really I was saying like, I, and I, I do this in my trainings as well. I, I ask individuals to go through the exercise of like, what are, what are events that have happened to you that really set, set you on a new trajectory, right? Of change. And the first one I would say is when I, my first company that like real company that I ran uh, for 10 years with a business partner was called Shecky's. It was girls night out shopping parties around the country. I don't know if you remember, if like if, if New York City, if you're in a major city, we we probably came through your city at one point. It was like the era of Sex in the City. It was the 2000s era. Uh, we launched in 2001, and for about 10 years, when I say that, that was like the fluff era of like you know just like the, like everybody was looking for Mr. Big and wanted to wear Blonics and Daily Candy and like read about emerging designers. Like that era was like the most vapid, <laughs> materialistic, superficial era of. Um, and what obviously proceeded then, you know, I, I shift, shifted from women's entertainment to women's empowerment, but basically we did shopping parties around the world, around the country and, you know, built a multi-million dollar business in that space with a business partner that eventually a male business partner. And we just really didn't see eye to eye on so much anymore. And, and I just, I was such a kid. I was like 24 years old when I started it with him. So I, just had no idea who I was. I had this material success, but I lacked purpose and I lacked meaning. Like what, you know, this whole, I was so me over we and so about me, myself and I, I have to gain this. I have to have the success in order to like be safe and in order to be valuable. And um, from my Chinese immigrant background, right, we all have our, you know, our relationships with what is success. 
And so I was just living in a very reactionary way. And then I was like, I don't like who I am. Like, I'm not happy with this. And then I got a life coach. And that's when I sort of went on my eat, pray, love of like, you know, did a lot of yoga and philosophy and went to church and read like devoured like self-help books. And, um, you know, so then, then that is where I had the aha. That's where my spiritual growth really started. And I married a Southerner. My husband, John Wagner, is from Atlanta, Georgia, or south of Atlanta, Georgia. And he started taking me to church in 2000. And how old were you when you had years. this? How old were you at this so point? So I ran Shecky's from 25 to 35-ish years old. And then so it was around then, like maybe like 33. I met John in my early, mid, like 33, 34, 35. And so then, so it was about 10 years ago then I basically just started growing spiritually and I started learning so much through that work. And even whether I'm studying like Deepak or Dalai Lama or Mandela or Oprah or Tony Robbins or everything pointed me back to the same, the same values that the church was also teaching right around. Like we're here to, we're here to contribute. We're here to like, you know, for a purpose and to serve. And so that really shifted that, that inspired me to, you know, create, let me, let me, I'm really good at creating women's events. Let me start, let me start creating women's conferences and start putting, you know, role models on stage. And that really was the beginning. The first era of She Global was, was creating, it, has a, it was a women's leadership conference first. She's just where she helps empower. And then I evolved it to be gender neutral, but the learning from every, so whether or not we want to call that a failure or a mistake, I don't believe in I believe that obstacles happen. I believe oftentimes, yeah, we mess up. We don't, we do, we do something, we didn't do it in the optimal way. We should have done it this way. We should have double checked that. But all of it is really, all of those, those, yeah, those mishaps or those mistakes or mess ups or whatever, however you're going to beat yourself up. Like it's, it's really just not productive to beat yourself up about. Um, so labeling it, I think the words that we choose are really important. And I think that seeing all of those as lessons and how do we then learn from those lessons? And that's really what, like, I think the self-punishing, like, oh, like I have a friend recently that's just going through a lot and she's like, I should have done it this way. And she's in these major contracts and I should have just gotten this done and like got the lawyer first and, and, and had a written contract. And, you know, she's like, I'm just an idiot. Like, why did I, you know, it's just, it's so unproductive when we do that. And instead and yeah, instead, everything is always a constant, you know, learning, learning journey. And we're going to go through obstacles and trial, but to see that as an opportunity to learn. And actually, that's just, that's just, you know, our destiny that's sh- sh- shaping us, right, to be better. It's, it's like, we're, we're basically brushing up on a skill, we're cultivating a skill. Um, and obstacles oftentimes too, like those, you know, that failure, that, that thing that you think is a failure, that, that you think is a mistake is actually there to, you know, obstacles can du- redirect you. You know, maybe it wasn't, maybe that thing that didn't come, that didn't happen, that you were beating yourself up on, thank God it didn't happen, <laughs> you know, like, and, and at the same time, you know, or obstacles can protect you. They can, they can build, they build your courage mus- muscles, they build your resilience muscles, your innovation muscles. So we just, I think that, I think that as women, we just need to, and as, and as every human being, just shift our relationship with hardship. You know, I think that we expect the expectation of everything to be easy, right? Like we don't grow when things are easy. We don't get good. Our character is not shaped by what is easy. I think that it is more about, you know, like this is going to be a journey. Like there's a life mountain for me to climb and 
towards my highest potential and what my calling and what I'm here to serve. And I'm going to go through a lot of bumps in the road. The higher I go, the more friction that there's going to be. But just to expect it and just to see every opportunity, um, have grace for yourself and be loving to yourself and just see everything as learning. Totally. I so, love so the failure. Problem with, with the leadership person is that you can't ask me a personal question without me giving you a lesson. Yeah, 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 like no I, problem. You're like, so tell me about your mistake. And then here I am converting it into. Yeah, no, no, it's all good. It's all good. And like, it's like, it's like looking at it like, how is this perfect for me? How is this thing that happened just so perfect for me? Like, why did yeah. I need this? Everything's right? in perfect order. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, like it is, it's just, you know, the perfection stuff is what kills us. And I think so much of success is also just, like, you know, wealth to me is well being. And it's about enjoying, you know, it, it, like how do you take day by day the quality of experience as you're growing and as we're climbing up our mountains, right? Um, and fulfilling our whole life purpose. Like what is the quality of experience of every day that you are going to be mindful of and practice? And that is, you know, I think that that was one of the, one of the questions that um, I saw earlier and that's pretty much what I'm really focusing on right now. That's success to me right now is how do I live every day and, and not take today for granted and enjoy today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really powerful. It's really easy to forget, but it's really powerful. And we literally, we don't, we like life is just flying by. And, you know, where we put our, uh, our value and our worthiness and our identity on, on like, you know, certain things getting done. And, and yet we're just missed, like life is flying by us. So that is, and I just turned 45. So I've been really, really thoughtful about that. You know, just how do I, you know, make new commitments to be more mindful of, you know, my time and, you know, my, how I'm, how I'm scheduling, you know, what goes into my calendar. Yeah. That's the most important asset for sure is that time. Claudia, I have a question for you that I've asked a few women that I really look up to whenever I mean, people also, but especially women who are in the leadership space, what is your relationship between humility and leadership? Because this is something I wrestle with constantly because humility is a core value for me. And, um, and also being a leader is really important. And so how do you wrestle with those two concepts? So humility is actually in my book. So the first part of the book is really very much focused on the fact that we all, like, we all need to shift from a me over we do a me for we mindset and, and we've had it all wrong and not just live my life, but leave my life for something bigger and, and really seeing the extraordinary potential of your being and like what you're, what you're meant to do. And that could be raising the next, you know, Obama or like a great human being, you know, again, like you don't have to have a business to change the world. Right. Like, but the second part of the book, the middle part of the book is really what I call it. Like in order to do that, we need, um, I, I have 13, what is it? 13 foundational pillars of personal leadership. And so it is like, it starts with purpose and then moves on to visioning and resilience and faith and all these topics. But humility is one of the 13 foundational pillars. And humility is a critical, critical leadership skill because it it means, it means like how teachable you are. Right. If you are always out there assuming that you know everything and you talk before you speak, um, before you listen, sorry, if you, you know, you're, you're quicker to, to speak than you are to listen and you're just going out there and you think, you know, it all and telling people what to do or just sharing, you know, what you believe, then you really never, you never have the space to learn anything. 
And so nobody, there's no opportunity for you to even learn from, from who you're with and the company that you keep at every meeting, every engagement, even if it's with your, your, you know, your kid is an opportunity to teach and to learn. And so, so humility is really how teachable you are and, you know, great leaders are great learners. That's a great answer. I know Jenny asked that a lot, and I think that's one of my favorite answers. And and also to one of my uh, favorite authors, Craig Rochelle says that you know people want to follow those who are always real than those who are always right. So I think that again, in this more feminine style of leadership, where the more feminine style of leadership, where there is we're leading with empathy and compassion and that humanness. That it is, you know, it's probably that male system, right? That taught you humility is a sign of weakness. You know, humility is, you know, me lacking boundaries or me people people being able to like step all over me or so I, I I do think that as a I do think that the way to do it is like know the difference, right? Like you still need to set your boundaries and you still wanna communicate and stand for your values. And again, the more you have that strategy and like that value system, that, that strategic plan that I was talking about, that that's rooted in purpose, inclusion, and well-being, you know, the more you know who you are, the more root, the deeper your roots are, you know, your tree trunk is rooted in the ground. When the wind comes, like it's your hard to blow over, but you can have tremendous humility in that, right? And, and, and actually be a great listener and, and, and first seek to listen before we assume and talk and babble. And, you know, so I think that there's a balance, right? There's a, there's a way to, to show up as a strong leader and still have that structure in place, but still have great humility. Yeah, this is the, this is the teaching of my life. I, I struggle with this every single day. I think it's, I mean, I love your answer as well. I would say I lean into humility more than like, I think, I think there's a lot of people. I, I just am symbolic of an entire group of people that lean into that. And so for fear of not being humble, hold themselves back. And I see this a lot in just like in the social movement space, like people who, whose voices really belong out there. And especially with women, they hold themselves back for fear of not knowing everything, like not having read everything and done everything and taken all the action. They hold their, their genius or their wisdom back from the world. And I just think like I, my gut reaction is just go forward, do it anyway, make mistakes and be open and listen. But I don't, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. I think also too, you know, we all have our tendencies based on, you know, how we grew up, right? Like, like there are, so, I mean, that's what, if you and I are having a session right now, I mean, I would just ask you and I can ask you right now. So what, you know, is there something that in your childhood or is there something in your history that, you know, has given you those concerns or made you, given you this, this area of challenge? Oh yeah, I I mean I know my story. I mean I for me I'm I started as really young as an environmental activist and got I mean I was a la- like every activist kid like in your face sort of telling people how to do things and like was very much schooled and like you don't know all the you don't know everything rightly so but I, so that kept me quiet for so long and then you know as I've grown and um, evolved and I mean <laughs> done a lot in my life and in my career I'm like you know I was 
write about a lot. I'm like, this is That's right. right yeah. thing. And maybe the messaging was off and the intensity of the messaging was off, but like, actually that was right. And so yeah, I think that so that's our parents, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's the thing is like, we're so influenced by our parents and it's, it's, it's like somehow they created this, it's like a voice and a source this belief system that they imprinted on you that, you know, keep your voice down. Don't be controversial because, you know, X, Y, Z, right. And somehow that belief system you've adopted to be on a very subconscious level. And like, we all have this, by the way, like I have my version of that with my parents from, you know, around my relationship with money and, you know, other, other things. Right. So, uh, so the thing is, is that it's just knowing that that is, you know, that is an area of personal growth work, but it, the great thing is like, you're aware of it. And it's just, it's just knowing it's amazing how so many things too, like how it probably shows up. It can show up in, you know, meeting with clients. It can show up with, you know, like, like your business, right. It could show up, but that's why, again, back to the, back to the growth work that we all need to do because we are, you know, there is genius there and there is so much unlimited potential and it's just continuing to unlock all of that and giving, giving the world the greatness that is inside of you and that voice. And, you know, we all, um, you know, we all have that potential. So I love that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Thank you for the coaching. So Claudia, at the end of every episode, we ask our guests for a joy. So something that's bringing you joy in your life right now and a tool that helps them hustle in their career or their business. So, okay. Well, the, the hustle is, cause I thought about this prior is, and I, I heard Wayne Dyer, an audiobook that he did. And I just, it resonated with me so much. And it was always just, you know, sell, don't sell products and services, like sell what you love. And I think that you know, when I wake up every day and, I, and I'm just like, I just dread the day. I'm like, oh, I just don't want to do this today. <laughs> and I just, but then I, then I think about, okay, what, what, what has to get done today? And, you know, and what do I love and how do I, you know, just continue to set up my days and the infrastructure of my company so that I'm really doing what I love. So, you know, like that to me helps me hustle. It's like, as opposed to looking at it as like, oh, like this is, there's a thing here that is like so heavy and I got to like pump myself up to like, to like, like lift it up and lift it forward. And as opposed to just like, you know what, I want to hustle today. Cause like, I love this. I love, like, this is my genius. This is why like I'm here on this planet and I'm helping and I'm serving all these people and every word that I write or every call that I make or you know, whatever, like that tedious task. It's just, I'm like, this is me putting out, you know, this is putting out me, putting out my love into the world. So, so sell and produce what you love, hustle, hustle on what you love and just try to do more and more of that work. So that's my hustle. And then the joy, that was the other one, right? Like what is giving me joy today? I think it's, it's really my, my, uh, my three and five-year-old, my three and almost five-year-olds and just my husband and just the four of us having time together and playing and the silliness and the most simple moments of just like tickle monster and you know, the stuff that it's the most simple moments in life that actually are the most significant, right? It's, it's like, we don't need to go on like a massive like family trip and vacation or, you know, it's, it's just like a simple, like we're at the beach. We live in Westport, Connecticut. So we're lucky or blessed that we have a beach here that we can go to, but it's just them, you know, running through the sprinkler system and like hugging you and like just enjoying those simple, simple moments because that's, 
those are the ones that move that are just quickly flying by and I'm just learning to enjoy just optimize and maximize on the simple moments of life. Yeah. I love pleasures. And it's just like times a thousand in COVID, those little moments, right? Because they're happening all day long. (laughs) You got to just like love them for what they are. But isn't it amazing that, you know, even if COVID wasn't happening, you know, it's like, what do we really like? What is the thing that is going to bring you so much joy? Great. Okay. You, you, your business hits X number of revenues. I I get all that, you know, or, you know, you get rewarded or acknowledged or there's accolades and you get more social media likes on something, Uh, you know, like Mm -hmm. really it's like the moments, like if we were like Brene Brown did something where she interviewed a lot of people that who lost, who lost a parent or lost somebody they loved. And everybody says that like what they miss the most is, but it's like getting a text message from my mom, mm-hmm. like, you know, or it the was, things, you yeah. know, the small, the hugs, it's the mm-hmm. hugs and the laughter and the kisses and the family meals. Like those are, we're chasing all of this stuff. And yet the simple stuff is right in front of us. Yeah, 100%. I think it's just, it's easy to complain about COVID or you can reframe it to what you just described and just be grateful because there's never going to be a time in history that this is, life is going to be like this, I don't think, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. And and it's still first world problems. These are are first world problems. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, for (laughs) sure. Like, let's just reframe that. Yes, yeah. Exactly. It's poor me and my Netflix and my grocery store and my, (laughs) you know, car that I can go get, you know, like, it. yeah, you're absolutely right. It's nuts. All right. Well, we would just like to say thank you so much. It's been such an honor and pleasure interviewing you. Thank you for the time and thank you for all your wisdom. I loved it. You're so welcome. It was great to to connect with both of you. Claudia, where can folks find you online? What's the best place for them to track you down? Thank you for asking. Um, SheSummit.com is where you can learn more about our, we're actually our, our ninth annual She Summit will be November 9 to 13th. And that's actually going to be a virtual summit this year. So you can watch it from anywhere around the world. And we're also rolling out with a membership where with, with that ticket comes year round um, content, trainings, community, so we are, we've innovated our She Summit um, online membership from the conference. And also my How We Rise course um, is also on the shesummit.com website. And we're also rolling out a certification if you want to get certified in the whole life leadership curriculum and also teach that as a part of, you know, whatever your well-being programs. And yeah, so shesummit.com and you can follow me on, on social at Claudia Chan. And get my book. I have a podcast, the How We Rise Leadership Podcast or the How We Rise Leadership Book. So I'm out there. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you, you, ladies. Have a great day. You too. Ready to go from, I really want to build an online business, but don't know where to start to, wow, I've just sold my first digital product. That's exactly what we're going to help you do during our free Become an Online Teacher course. We've created a simple five-day email-based course to teach you everything you need to get started as an online teacher. By the end of the week, you'll have a digital product that's mapped out, priced, and ready to offer your community. Head over to soulful.mba teacher to sign up. It's totally free.